And we're rolling. And that's the way it goes. Hey, welcome back. You're listening once again to the Wednesday Morning Surf Report, the podcast that answers tomorrow's questions today. Also, your home for celebrity gossip. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Rick Larson. And with me, as always, is my illustrious other host, Jeff Cardello. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hey, Jeff, how's uh, how's everything going? Um, better than yesterday, but worse than tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, very revealing. <laughs> very revealing. Hey, did you guys know that we have two amazing guests this week? It's true. It's so true. I'm going to go ahead and get them introduced so that they can start talking. Um, starting to my right he's a writer and a performance artist and the uh a former Taibo champion ashley naftool hello Ash, uh, what uh, what would you like to tell the world about yourself well uh, let me think well starting with my Taibo skills i won third place in the 2014 air sex championship at film bar oh nice when i was illustrious nice. Performance moments. That's yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. I won a jalapeno eating contest one time, which is not the same as air sex, <laughs> but it, uh, it's still, a, still a moment that I hold, hold near and dear to my heart. And we also have a second guest, like I was saying, and uh, he's a cartoonist and writer and a semi-professional skateboarder. Mm-hmm. That's right. Russ Kazmierczak. Hello, everyone. Hello. So what's something you'd like to tell the world about yourself? Um, the secret to my success as a professional skateboarder is that um, I only have one toe on each foot. So oh, okay. I need only hang two while everyone okay. else has the burden of hanging ten. That's right. Less oh. surface area. Less yeah. surface area. That's you've, right. you've streamlined the process by 80%. And uh, it's a great time saver for trimming the nails, too. Oh, I bet. You know, snip, snip, I bet. done. So. I used to have a neighbor who, uh, who had no toes. He lost them as a child when he ran away from home in Germany and spent the night in a cave. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Is that like... Uh, one of those Grimm's fairy tales. It's certainly. <laughs> and the goblin like traded it. his toes for happiness. Yes, yes. Wasn't that like the stool Peter that would cut off kids' thumbs when they're being naughty? Like shears? <laughs> oh. Hey, this is like a real fairy tale. Oh, wow, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, you guys, I do take offense to you elaborating on my personal handicap. That's uh, nice. I shared that in confidence. Yeah. I didn't we, realize it would be. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but it's got plenty of nine less toes to stub, so it all works out. <laughs> It makes me wonder if my foot is just one big toe. He, 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 he also, in this country, worked as like a jail guard. And I wondered how that would be like on your first day in jail when the guard comes out and speaks with a thick German accent. Not terrifying. To, not to stereotype, but yeah, it does seem <laughs> terrifying. Kind of, I it would think. Kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like your condition. You could be a good Dick Tracy villain. Like you could be like oh, two toes. Two toes. <laughs> two toes. There you go. Perfect. All right. Well, we're gonna answer one of society's burning questions here. I'm actively shuffling them. We're gonna have uh, Russ pick one in just a moment here, and then he's gonna read it, and we will. Answer it thoroughly, completely, and decisively. 
I'm excited to yeah. decide the fate of this entire podcast right now with this question. What's the deal with books? Oh, oh what is the that's deal a good, with books? That's a good question. I've been waiting to talk about this for a long time. Oh, good, mm. good. I'm glad. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I feel like we're a group who has all read books at, at some point yeah. in our lives. Yeah. I've had the dubious pleasure of working in a used bookstore for about eight years. Okay. My my fir- one of my first jobs out of college was Barnes and Noble. Ah, I wanted to work in a bookstore, but I never did. You're better off. It's it's, it's <laughs> probably yeah yeah knowing, seeing having seen different types of work and and things like that. I think uh, I think there's probably a lot to be said yeah. about that. Yeah. So what is the deal with books? I mean, what, what's like the last book that um, you guys read? Oh, boy. Oof. Uh, I read a lot of comic books, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, if that counts. That counts. Yeah. Then, we'll uh, and I do, I do believe they do. Um, what with their uh, words and whatnot. Uh, binding. Binding. Covers. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. They have all of the ISBN numbers. Often have ISDN numbers. I read a great book that I picked up at uh, a bookstore in Prescott earlier this week. A comic book, um, the um, Pitiful Man Lizard, I think it was called. Oh. And it was about it's about a Toronto superhero who um, takes on the his father's mantle as Man Lizard. Um, coincidentally takes an experimental drug that uh, just for a couple of bucks like he sees an ad in the back of whatever their new times equivalent would be and takes an experimental drug and um, it gives him regenerative powers like a lizard but he was already the pitiful man lizard so it was just kind of a weird it's yeah ready it would be like Peter Parker already dressing up like a spider and then coincidentally getting bitten by the radioactive spider yeah I I feel like that's definitely a very like golden age comic book thing to do like mm-hmm. and he probably already had a lizardy kind of name oh yeah too, so and the and the book was just absolutely charming i it was, loved it yeah, it, it was, was a kickstarter uh, he he funded it through kickstarter and uh, it was great to read it and i'm looking forward to number two i haven't had that happen in a long time where a book so grabbed me that mm-hmm. i want the next one no oh, yeah that's great that's great yeah it's awesome I think the last one I ever read actually was a graphic novel too. I've been reading this series called The Wicked and Divine. That's been really good. Oh, okay. And it's kind of interesting because like, the basic premise of the book is that every 90 years, a bunch of gods incarnate on Earth, but they incarnate as pop stars. And they can only live for two years and already die off. So it's kind of like this, this world where Lucifer oh. would be David Bowie, Kanye would be like Baal, the god of power. And it's, it's a really interesting idea. Like, what happens if you give these godly, these like, 18-year-olds godlike powers, but they know in a couple of years they're going to they're gonna die no matter what they do. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's, interesting. It's, it's an interesting series. And the art's really, really fantastic. So, are 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 you guys uh, nerds? Yes, nerds. Obviously. That was my <laughs> okay. I'm glad that we got that out. Um, my mom's basement is very comfortable. Yes. Um, I totally lost my train of thought, but it's okay. That happens a lot. Rick, what's the last book you read? Uh, the last book that I read. Um, I'm trying to think of the last book that I finished because I'm still about like three fourths to maybe uh, seven eighths finished with the uh, UCB manual of improvisation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep picking that one up, and I've read it before, um, but uh, um, 
I picked up when I was in Flagstaff a few weeks ago uh, the version of Animal Farm that was George Orwell's Animal Farm that was illustrated by oh man I'm trying to blank the Hunter S. Thompson guy Ralph oh. Stedman Ralph Stedman yeah Thank yeah you. yeah Stedman yeah favorite artist of mine so I have been meaning to pick that up for a long time and I found it at a used bookstore in Flagstaff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, every once in a while I force myself to read a classic, and uh, right now I'm reading Don Quixote. Oh, fun! Oh, which yeah. I'm enjoying, but I don't know how much I really am enjoying it because uh, it's taking a really long time. But uh, it, it it gets very meta. There's a lot of commentary about about the actual writing of it. Um, so I'm about halfway through. I'm one who generally commits to a book. I generally don't quit reading one, even if I'm not getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. I'm, I'm with <laughs> you there. Well, yeah. yeah. I have not finished a lot of books. Yes. Like, <laughs> like Infinite Jest, mm-hmm. I read it. It took me forever. Did it bring me pleasure in my life? <laughs> I don't know if it did. I think there are a lot shorter books that I've enjoyed uh, that you know more pop books that i actually yeah. enjoy the story like infinite jest it was just it's good i feel like i need to read it again but um I, don't know if i enjoyed that one i got a lot of uh, there were a lot of parts of it that i enjoyed for sure but i got the feeling at the end like the length was kind of a joke that was being like it seemed like it was yeah. spiraling and spiraling and spiraling and i'm like i get it now it's the reason it's going on so long is because it's going on so long. Like it's, it's almost this weird meta joke of the book. That, yeah. But uh, no, there was actually a lot of it that, uh, that I really liked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like I should revisit it. I just saw that movie that came out about David Foster Wallace's book tour, which oh yeah, there were parts of it that I kind of didn't enjoy, but overall I thought it was really great and it made me want to revisit his work and actually I did revisit um, uh, a book of his short stories what's the name of it something like another fun thing I'll supposedly never but he had like a great piece about David Lynch in it like going onto the set of I think it's Mulholland Drive so and uh, you know what we're getting a little bit of Static. It sounds like the uh, the tide has come in to the podcast. So let me fix that really quick. <laughs> and not use my bucket list anymore. Yes. <laughs> and we're back. Um, the tide has gone out. The as uh, as seems to be the case, we do have some technical glitches here, and uh, we're good to go. So we're back with the topic of books. We have some. Uh, people who are well versed in literature and uh, graphic novels. So let's continue on. What's the deal with books? Yeah. So as a comic artist, um, I mean, how many like how long have you been doing it for? Like, how many books have you put out? I've self-published my Amazing Arizona Comics since 2010 and right now I'm finishing issue 18 Mm. and I have number 19 penciled so um, it it will be coming out monthly starting uh, well it's been coming out monthly this this year but in January I'll begin the first full year that it will be a monthly oh cool 
Wow. Um, yeah. But I've written comic book stories and scripts for a long time. A friend drew them for me when I lived in California a long time ago. But when I moved back to Arizona, I decided to draw them myself out of necessity. And it's been a fun uh, hobby that has uh, managed to fund itself ever since. So nice. Oh, Very awesome. nice. Yeah. How long does it take you to draw like an average issue? About a month. From um, concept to uh, going to the print shop, I would say if I was working on it steadily for two to four hours a day every day, it would take me about a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big investment. Time-wise, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. um, financially too, but uh, you find you know resources that help with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just like living in the state. First of all, I love living in Arizona. And I love reading comics, so to put those two things together and tell stories, uh, it's the, the time flies, you know. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm with <laughs> you. Yeah, no. As storytellers, we all know how that how that is. So yes. So you know, we were talking about not finishing books. I mean, do you guys commit to books? Like, are you book quitters? It's okay if you are. Yes. Okay. I'll quit a book if I don't. Okay. I used to not be, but I got to a point now where it's like, I, it, it's difficult. Like, I, like William Gibson is an author, for example, where I always feel like I want to quit his books the first 50 pages, and then I keep reading it, and I'm glad I did. Whereas a lot of books, I just, like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, I'm like, I kind of wish I quit, because yeah. by the time I got to the end of it, I'm like, eh, it wasn't my bag. Yeah. I mean, there's only a couple that, you know, I made it through Infinite Jest, but I think the novel trout fishing in america is one that i will never be able to finish hmm. really it's, it's, it's yeah. so short though really <laughs> it's it, it's like like barely even 200 pages I, maybe i need to revisit it i have quit on some books that would make people that make people angry when i tell them that i quit on it <laughs> the bible <laughs> yeah. I got to that Deuteronomy. I, I mean, it starts like, out real. It starts out strong. It starts, but yeah. then I just kind of lose interest. <laughs> I've skimmed it. Um, I got the cliff notes. The, no, the one, the two that I can think of that I just, I, I think, kind of to your point, you do reach a point where you're like, there's so many great things to read or see or do that you start to go like, I don't know if this is really the the best use of my time and sometimes i'll just start something and immediately realize like this is not for me okay like, uh yeah. the uh the interview with a vampire the Anne rice book okay i got about two-thirds of the way down the first page and i was like nope this is <laughs> not gonna happen this is not happening no that would be yeah. like saying it was the best of times. Nope, I can't. Yeah, do it. yeah. <laughs> it was the best of times. That sounds boring. And I threw it away. Yeah. And I threw it away. <laughs> yeah, books are such a huge time commitment. Like you watch a bad movie, it's only like two hours of your life, and it's yeah. that can be entertaining, but it's hard to find a, a bad book that's also generally entertaining. That's yeah. worth that effort yeah. and time. Yeah, a bad book hurts on a number of different levels. Yeah, I'll sit through a bad a bad movie. That's fine. Um, I mean, I have a really low tolerance for bad music like if i'm mm. I, recovering music snob but if i go in to see a band and the bass player has like a certain brand of bass amp i'll be like oh, <laughs> i'm out of here <laughs> it's like oh Shit. <laughs> that guy has uh, a trace elliott bass uh, uh cab and a five string fretless ibanez i'll be seeing you later i know where this is going yeah <laughs> 
What about if you go in and like the guitar player has an amp that says Esteban on it? Oh my! <laughs> See, and he's got a book next to him that says "Learn to Play the Guitar in Three Weeks." <laughs> I mean, have you seen those Esteban billboards throughout town? I have not. No, but well, he, he came to the like to the musical instrument museum, I believe. Yeah, I thought really? that he came to something. Yeah. I thought he was a character because I think that the guy who does stand-up Scottsdale booked him, and I'm like, oh, that guy's like a character. Like Esteban is like a funny uh-huh. musical, but I guess he's the real deal. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Esteban. Yeah, we we actually bought my son a, an Esteban amp at a garage sale, and we took it home and plugged his guitar into it, and it lasted all of like. 14 seconds like just crapped out on him and we ended up throwing it away but he has a cool hat so what are you gonna do that's about 70 percent of success in the musical industry yeah it really is we look slash for example slash yeah yeah i i had a joke going back to your your like if I drove up to the concert and I saw dudes playing hacky sack out front, <laughs> mm. I just don't go in. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep driving. Yeah. Like, this is this is not yeah. for me. It's like I try to be open minded about certain things, but it, mm-hmm. they always reinforce the stereotypes I have about them. Like I remember a couple times, like I'll go out uh, to a bar or something in Scottsdale once every five years and it always sorry Scottsdale but um, it always reinforces my worst uh, feelings towards mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. like going to a dance club in Scottsdale that that is a horrible uh, depth of humanity yeah it really now, I was just in a Scottsdale bar last night because I had heard it was um, a little person bar Gilligan's? Have you heard of? It what? is a little person exploiting bar. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. karaoke. So I thought I could at least do that and coincidentally see some employed little people, but um, they weren't there, and the karaoke started too late. Yeah, I went there for um, a company Christmas party. I mean, that's a horrible concept unto itself, but. Um, <laughs> There were little people celebrating Christmas. <laughs> there were little people there, and they're more of just these uh, drink dispensing props. I think that they were involved in handing out Jello shots. I I did not engage with the little people. Mm. Hmm. They were beneath you. <laughs> oh. oh. No. Insert rim shot here in post. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self by sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking. We were talking about that on the way. If you employ one little person, mm-hmm. that's quirky. You employ two little people. You are immediately the little person bar. I think there's yeah, yeah. a very fine line between oh, a little person works there, and more than two means now you're known for that. And I thought that was an interesting... I mean, you want to talk about books, judging a book by its cover uh, right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hey. Which actually is... Um, working in a bookstore, that's actually a hilariously wrong phrase. You can absolutely <laughs> judge a book by its cover. Absolutely. Okay, wh- what's the worst book cover? Oh. Uh, Alora, um, there's a company called Alora's Cave or Alora's Cove, and they do, like, erotic fiction. And their book covers <laughs> Already, are incredible. I see where this is going. Because they're computer-generated, and it's really terrible. It's kind of like that... Um, that one adult swim show, like Xander, Rogue Angel, Xavier. Oh, yeah. No, it's basically like that. Imagine that kind of artwork 
But like the pictures of like chicks and werewolves and like Indian Braves in space is wow. really they, random and all of it looks horrific. Are they the ones? Because I know there's a series of Kindle books that do like I was ravaged by a T-Rex. Like yeah. It's a dinosaur <laughs> erotic novel. Yeah. I didn't know they yeah. actually printed them though. Hey, there's actually that you'll see ads on Craigslist like writers wanted to help people write different types of erotic fiction. I guess there's a lot of historical erotic fiction that uh, a lot of people enjoy on their e-readers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it is it is a genre. The Declaration of Independence Off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the best title I saw was a book called The Sex Sense oh. involving ghosts. Oh, the wow. The Sex Sense. Oh. <laughs> But also, you see a lot of self-published books. I always feel sorry for people when they have self-published books. That time, their art is just really terrible looking. Mm. So you look at that book and go, "That book could be incredible," but it just looks like a turd. Like it looks terrible, but it could have amazing content. Yeah, I've been at Goodwills before, and I've seen like a a shelf in in the bookshelf of all of someone's self-published novel where they're just like, "Up, screw it, I'm giving it to Goodwill." (laughs) Oh wow, that might have been a part of their. Sales model. Okay. Though, I'm going to distribute to my local Goodwills, my savers. Yeah, get know, it out at a low cost. Vincent the Falls. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a crazy person's business model. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Build up <laughs> build up a buzz amongst the uh, thrift store. The, the secondhand uh, thrifting community. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Because, like, I really think that's how fashion is very cyclical. And I think that's what happens is people start to die off and donate their clothes mm-hmm. and then like broke hipsters are like oh look at this amazing vintage shirt and then they buy it and it's so there's definitely like a it takes a time you know. for and then the so broke with shirts maybe the broke not hipsters, so much with, yeah the broke hipsters will die at some point yeah, and then yeah. they'll get they'll, the they'll get seen by somebody who is like the buyer for target who's like oh that's back let's let's get those uh bell bottoms or well i think flannel owes a lot to that right now target had a commercial uh, has a holiday commercial running Uh where flannel is you could wear it as uh, you know something to keep you warm but you could also wear it to be fashionable and i think that all comes from hipsters literally going to goodwill or whatever i was i i was thinking of there's an old navy one right now where lady cop pulls a bunch of people over, young hipsters, oh and goes up to the guy. Everybody's on their unicycles. Or... No, they're, in a, they're 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 standing in front of their car. Okay. But there's this one moment, and it's shot from behind the guy. So you see the woman cop, and she goes up to his jacket, and she's like, "I'm gonna try out the zipper," and she zips it up, and then she goes, "Oh, it hangs nice." But if you're like me, and sometimes you have the TV on. When you're not looking at it, and you hear a female police officer go up to a young man and say, I'm going to try out the zipper. Zip? Oh, it hangs nice. (laughs) It's not maybe what, well, maybe it is what Old Navy was going for. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I have found um, amazing books at um, estate sales, most notably um, yearbooks. That really oh. strikes me oh, that yeah. a family would want to get rid of Grandma's yearbook. So one of my prized possessions is a 1964 
Camelback High School yearbook. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And yeah. all of her friends signed it, of course. It was her sophomore year. Connie. Connie Peterson. So mm-hmm. if anybody's related to Connie Peterson out there, I have your grandma's yearbook from yeah. 1964. <laughs> but um, some, you know, nice notes. Have a great summer and your cute blonde to yeah. see you next year and stuff like that. It, it, and then, then, of course, the history of Phoenix is there, yeah. too. From that oh. Yeah, I have a couple um, yearbooks from the 1960s. And it's so... Like, yeah, reading the inscriptions, like, people were so nice and polite. Mm. I, and, you know, in contrast to the yearbooks from the 90s that I found where it's like, oh, you know, don't party too hard this summer or sure. have fun effing Brittany uh, over, <laughs> who was the, over who, summer break. Who was the first guy? There had to have been the first guy that thought, well, if I write along the spine, I could put, look, I signed your crack. Oh. Remember the guy that would always oh. do that? I mean, yeah. yeah. The, the only thing that I, like, I have four yearbooks from the, the 1960s, and the only signing that was, like, a little bit edgy was someone uh, claiming that the person might be a communist, like, accusing him, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff actually got this book because that person is in jail now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But then the they were, 90s... They were blacklisted from high school. <laughs> like, the 90s ones that have, like, you know, I didn't buy this one, but I was in a thrift store and had, like, a lot of drug references and, like, all these other things. I'm like, this person's probably dead now because yeah. If, yeah. if they had so many things like that going on then, their life probably did not take a good trajectory. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, an, it's dark. possible. <laughs> yeah. <But> true. <laughs> Like, top five places to inject your needles. Thought you wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. I did have a friend in, in my own personal yearbook who, like, scratched the eyes out of his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend's pictures. Ooh. Like, there were two girls that he had dated in high school, and he was... Wow. I'm like, A... Why did he do that to my yearbook? I think he did it to I think he did it to everybody. But you know, if you like, had looked into their eyes, you would have seen his faults. So yeah, he the, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta nip this in the bud. Wow. Don't want don't want people remembering that I dated the sighted. <laughs> I have to read people like, oh, I don't recognize you without eyes. With eyes. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. In a 10-year reunion, like, oh my gosh, you had this, you had a surgery or something? What happened? Eye reconstructive surgery. Yeah. So oh, I, I thought you were Robin from Batman. <laughs> so did you guys have any, like, embarrassing yearbook photos of you? Any cl- clubs? Mm. Uh, mm. I didn't have any any activities to speak of, but my yearbook photos are pretty embarrassing. I think junior and senior year, I was actually kind of... Uh, I know this because I, I got the DVD when it came out a year or two ago. Um, found out that during junior and senior year of high school, I was dressing a lot like Gary Shandling. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense because I was really, really into that show when I was in high school. Oh, and, uh, the Gary Shandling show. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So it was no coincidence. I mean, you were you were paying homage to yeah. Gary yeah. Shandling. It was, it was like my favorite, my favorite show to to catch yeah. on the weekends. Yeah. 
Well, I, I had a, a photo in the yearbook that a friend took of me playing my bass guitar all moodily nice. <laughs> with the weight of the world on my shoulders in my room. And on my bass is a very prominently placed um, Red Hot Chili Peppers sticker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. yeah. That's... So, yeah. That was... were, you, were you finger slapping at the time? I was not. There was no slap bass involved. <laughs> I would expect people to to judge me on that. Yes. I uh, no, I I actually owned the first four Red Hot Chili Peppers albums on cassette. Okay. Yeah. And then the uh, the fifth one came out, and that's the one that everybody like knows them from. And I went and bought it like the week it came out, and I never hated anything <laughs> as much as I did wow. that. And it, it to the point now where I'm kind of embarrassed that I even liked their yeah. older ones because all of their songs that I actually enjoyed were all cover songs. Oh, that's so hmm. and it was that that blood sugar uh, sex magic where they're like, yeah. you know what we should do is make it easier to understand what this guy is saying, mm-hmm. and then you could, <laughs> once you could hear what he was saying, you're like, this is the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. I don't want this. <laughs> We actually came up with a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers drinking game at work. We're like, oh. you listen to any latter day Chili Peppers album, every time Anthony Kiedis says California or the song's the word California is in a tile, you take a shot. Oh, oh yeah. man. You would right. be dead within like, be the dead. first hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Ash, as a soon to be former employee of a record store here in Tempe, Arizona, I just wanted to know if this was true or not. Is there like a master list of records not to buy? And is in excess on that list? Uh, no, but there should be a list, and it should be on that list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember um, a friend who, he, maybe he worked there, maybe he didn't, but he's like, oh, yeah, there's a list of things that we can't accept, and he mentioned in excess is one of those groups. Uh-huh. I think, you know, I don't think company-wide there's a list, but on a store-to-store, it's different. I know our store, it's more like, we have like 10 people buying stuff from the public, and half of us know what we're doing, and half dozen. So it's just very random. Yeah. And there's stuff that I would never buy in a thousand years, and just, but the guy next to me would probably pay ridiculous amounts of money for it. It really, it really is a crapshoot. Like, there's no science at all to, to like, the used okay. book slash record industry at all. It's just, it, it's arbitrary. Okay. Like, I literally make up sums to give money um, people when I buy books from them. Because, like, I have an idea of what it's worth, but uh-huh. a lot of times you just don't know. Okay. Yeah. I've, we've, we, we have speculated that. On our trips back from the used bookstore, and uh, um, and whether there's like I I finally came down to it probably just, they're just going by the condition that the book is yeah. in <laughs> to a point so, yeah, yeah. it's definitely a lot to do with it yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. cool well um we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back uh-huh. all right and we are back from break. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back <laughs> to the low energy hour. Low. I feel rested. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> refreshed, rejuvenated. Just uh, we're just reading each other fairy tale yes. stories and eating grapes. Yes, there was there was some talk during break about comic books and eBay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what you missed out on, ladies and gentlemen. That's what <laughs> happens when the uh, 
The mics go yeah. silent. <laughs> it was they were and during the break those comic books were worth like hundreds of dollars and the market has fallen out. The completely. market's now been flooded. So <laughs> And yeah, my parents were the kind of people that always held on to anything that seemed like it might be vaguely collectible. Hmm. And uh, just recently, like maybe two years ago, got rid of a whole big treasure trove they had in one of our old bedrooms of old boxes of Wheaties. Wow. Like, wow. Somebody's going to be wanting... Yeah. You know? The Mary Lou Retton one. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's going for $40, but who knows? Did yeah. they have the Bruce Jenner box, though? I mean, that uh, been, No. Right, the Babe Ruth baseball was, card of Wheaties yeah. boxes. Probably, yeah. <laughs> when I was he out... Was, he was like early, mid-70s, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I think that was... And they would taste the same today, which is it the probably best would. Yeah. yeah, that is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Well, so, so these Wheaties box, these boxes of Wheaties, like, did I mean, was a profit turned on these? Oh uh, no, no, they uh, they're like throwing them away. They're oh. like, these are not, yeah, yeah. not the uh, the nest egg that we thought they yeah. were. Yeah, I mean, luckily I saved a bunch of crap from my childhood that has paid off, um, like bunch of old like skateboarding t-shirts i sold on ebay and yeah i did i did pretty well so being a hoarder does pay off i am that is my stance you have to be you have to be strategic about it because i i had a lot of comic books that were not worth anything and i used to i i used to use this as more like my big example like i no, i didn't i didn't ever read all any of these uh any of these X-Men or anything like that, but I had the entire miniseries of Rocket Raccoon. Look how much that's not worth anything. And then they made a movie about <laughs> it, and they're probably worth money now. They might be worth uh, yeah. a pretty penny now, absolutely. And they were drawn by Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy. This really? is true. So there is yeah. that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. at least the covers were. Like, the, probably I think the, he did the interiors, interiors, too. Did they? Oh, yeah, I believe you, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen them in years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And my parents also never disposed of anything, but I don't think they were cognizant of its potential collectability. I Mm. think it was just a handed down to your brother. Now they've been around for so long, we'll we'll just see how long they last kind kind of a thing. So I still have Castle Grey Skull and all of my... He-Man guys. And yeah, my line. parents have a lot of a lot of those from my childhood too. But a lot of them that had that were rubber band based, all mm. of their legs oh. have fallen off. Yes. <laughs> oh, because yep. those rubber bands dry out and become brittle. Yep. So you have a lot of He-Man torsos. Yeah. GI yeah. Joe torsos and whatnot. Yeah. I thought it would be a great, uh, a great like puppet character. To just pop Skeletor's arms off as well. Oh, sure. And call him Skeletor, so. <laughs> Mattel, so, if you're listening, yeah, there's yes. a variant in there somewhere. <laughs> and I was actually going to put him on a, like a metal rod and make a puppet out of him. And Skeletor, so. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. The most powerful headbutt in the universe, probably. That's the only. <laughs> Well, it is weird that he was skeleton with big muscles, too. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah so, the only thing skeletal about him, as far as we know, is the face. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I true. mean, we don't know as far as what's yeah. covered up. Yeah. yeah. But, 
I yeah. thought about maybe there were alternate versions, and there's like one that's got a normal face and arms, but just like a <laughs> rib cage showing. <laughs> I really feel like I missed out on the whole He-Man thing. Like I don't know if it was because I'm a little bit older than you all, but um, like I never like what is the appeal of He-Man? Like what is what you know? Are you invested in in He-Man as a character, or is it the morals of the story? Like, what what is the appeal of He-Man? For me, it was a combination of a character seeing a character simultaneously on TV in comic book form because the action figures came with mini comics and the action figure itself. So to to see the character threefold like that, like literally encompassing everything a kid could and should like you were, yeah. that's what grabbed me huh. okay you know, and the story so, to me so, is rich so you were as a child you were very much about market synergy absolutely okay. yeah. multi-media brand yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah i was all in <laughs> so, and i mean i didn't acknowledge it as that then, vertical but, marketing mom yeah, looking back it was definitely um i could watch them on tv i could create my own adventures with these toys the comic books mm-hmm. uh, were supplemental to the tv Adventures, so just seeing all of them, and you know, and they had what we would now call cosplay toys. Okay. Okay. You know, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of a relationship with Ninja Turtles, where it's like, you know, I love watching the TV show, but they have the comics and action figures and Nintendo games. So, the same thing. And the films. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was probably my my taste ran more to the GI Joes, but we did have a lot of the He-Man figures and the uh, the A-Team surprisingly their action figures were the same size so they could hang out with He-Man okay so they were to scale yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah if He-Man yeah. had a problem and nobody else could help if he could find them maybe he could hire the A-Team yeah, so yeah. yeah. I had I had also the the Indiana Jones um, the bad guy you know that picks the thing up and it burns his hand and then his oh. face melts off. Yep. I had that guy and like three or four of the main characters from Star Trek, the motion picture, and they were all the same size as G.I. Joe. So anytime I needed somebody to be in like a suit, like the, <laughs> sure. the yeah, because sometimes, you know, you need, you need like the boss to come and visit the, the, <laughs> the barracks or something that they were, uh, they were who would fill in. Yeah, I, I was deprived of such fun toys. Thanks, Mom and Dad. No, I, you know, I had a Darth Vader, and I had maybe a Luke Skywalker. Okay. But then I think my favorite toy was, like, uh, this RV camper <laughs> with uh, a woman and a dog. So, I, I mean, I had that yeah, what fun adventures can you have with that? Like, oh, we're, we're going camping. We're going <laughs> to... We're making action s'mores. Yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> yeah. But I was kind of that kid that I I I liked to do boring stuff too, because we had the the one of the neighbor kids moved away, and sold or gave us like the they had a, an entire fort for GI Joe. It was like their their battle station, and. But about half of the pieces were missing, so like the front was gone, but the inside where they had their living quarters, and there was a little like uh, uh, what's the term for like a military jail? Uh, oh, a brig. Br- brig? Yeah. yeah, brig. They brig. had that, but like two of the walls were missing, so I just took them all off and made that their bedroom. 
Oh. It's like here's GI so Joe's bedroom. Got, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had the 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 action toys, and I I had them had them uh, basically acting out episodes of Friends okay. before Friends was a thing. They were holding me like take them to the brig. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> um. And the, I think remember the Star Wars ones were the same size too, so we didn't have as many of those. Um, and then one year, my brother got um, like the villain from Disney's The Black Hole. Oh. And they were like the same scale and everything, but they, they must have been really cheaply made because he broke it like immediately, <laughs> like shattered this guy's chest and all his arms and legs fell off. And he hid it at like the bottom of the trash. <laughs> and, and it was like not. It made me swear not to tell my parents. So I hope they're not listening. No, oh, <gasps> secrets out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, Christmas is around the corner. Maybe. He can yeah. yeah. Redeem himself. The surprise gift of it. Return of it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your. Here's your guy from the black hole. <laughs> it's probably worth like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, I was gonna now. say. Yeah. I wanted, Speaking of eBay. I, yeah, I wonder if that. Uh, yeah, is that movie like a cult classic now? Do people enjoy oh, sure. it? Do people go back and watch it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I have not actually seen it. I've never seen it either. Yeah. It's one of those movies where it's equivalent um, porn, same title. So, oh, yeah. okay. or maybe it was called the Brown Hole. The Brown Hole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, collectible action figures. I did have, uh, yeah. Well. yeah so. <laughs> Same thing happened with the movie Crawl. Never saw it. Had the storybook, mm, so yeah. have kind of a rough idea of the yeah. the the storyline and several still images. But yeah, I'm. <laughs> you could probably imagine a much better movie. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. From what I've heard. Yeah, I know nothing of it, but that flying, oversized ninja star thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Which seems cool. I should see Crawl. Yeah, yeah. I should have a, <laughs> have a screening of it. Although it sounds like, sounds like it's not good. I'm hearing. No. Okay. It's not For horrible, its but. It's... Oh, okay. It was a kind of rushed attempt to cash in on Star Wars. In fact, I think it had the same cinematographer as The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. Early but, 80s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, I forgot what it was. Like, they had, uh, I think the, the villains, like the soldiers for the bad guy's army, shot, like, crossbows. <laughs> but they decided at the last minute, like, wait. Star Wars, those should be lasers. <laughs> so they kind of painted lasers over the arrows that shoot out of the crossbows. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it sounds really but they're cool. still still kind of really bad at like covering up the fact that they're shooting arrows and they're not they're not uh, terrible robot destroyers. <laughs> so. That was another cool thing about He-Man, actually, to bring it back there, is the combination uh -huh. of this medieval imagery with technology. They had, yeah, yeah, they had very advanced tanks and robots and computers, and computers yeah. but they all insisted on wearing loincloths yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, bare-chested, uh, you know, barrel 
If you can get away with it. Yeah. You know, there's a lesson to be learned there, I think. Yeah. Uh, as, as cell phones and all this and other they, technology rises, maybe clothes should be shed proportionately. The oh. more advanced technology is, the less clothes you wear. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at our uh, people on television. That's, there it is. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. The Kardashians are physicists, and their clothing reflects that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just tapped into the zeitgeist. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what's happening. Plus, everyone in the He-Man universe had exactly like the same body. That's <laughs> true, oh. too. Very, very little was, body image issues when no, everybody looks exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. Was there any uh, diversity in the He-Man universe? Yes, there was. There was. And okay. I, I don't want to say African-American because they were on, on Eternia. Uh, the they were Eternian. Yeah. Um, but Clamp Champ was the darker-skinned... <laughs> Oh, character. Wow. Okay. Clamp Champ, Champ was his name. Yep. He was the um, Jax from Mortal Kombat of He-Man. Okay. So that oh, helps right. okay. illustrate. Did he also have the metal arms? Did he have metal? No, he didn't have metal arms. But his accessory was um, a big clamp, basically, so mm. he couldn't grab you around the waist or something. And and there was also a guy in a bee costume, right? To kind of tap into the. Latin American markets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know little, so little like He Man. For they're like, wait, was there a B guy? I what believed it too. Was, his name, his name was Buzz Off. Buzz Off. Are, are okay. you fucking serious? I am. Like, <laughs> he was, he was right. in the box at my parents' house. This is like, oh. craziness. <laughs> and he had, he had detachable wings that would, like, he had little oh. pegs on his back that these wings would fit on, and yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. And there was a lobster guy, but I don't remember his name. Oh, I know. Oh. Yeah. Clawful. That was his name. <laughs> was he was it really? Come oh on, my god. Come on. If there's one thing I know for sure. Clawful. <laughs> he was from the planet Maine. Yes. <laughs> well the the toy designers <laughs> shot hot butter. A lot of the <laughs> You remember band by the yeah. <laughs> It was heartbreaking to pick him and defeat him. Yeah, yeah. When they did, it was delicious. You would, you'd so. get to go and point to him. I want to fight him. <laughs> clamp champ. We need your clamp. We need your clamp and buzz off. We need a honey dipping sauce over yes. here to round this meal off. <laughs> well, the toy designers named the characters. They would say, okay, we'll do a lobster guy. And they would just write something silly under the name or mm-hmm. under the design. A silly name like Clawful or Buzz Off or something pun riddled, mm-hmm. and they just ran with that. Like, why well, put any more thought into this? So that's why you have so many names that are. Stratos is the bird guy. Stratosphere, Stratos. So oh, just ran with yeah. that stuff. I was yeah. trying to remember his name, the Birdman. Yes. Um, and with that being said, um, let's name some of our plugs of projects <laughs> that we're working on. We have. Uh, Successfully explored the topic I, of books. Yeah, said everything there could be said about books. Yes. <laughs> Except for this, sometimes on the back cover they show the price is slightly higher in Canada. Mm. Yes. <laughs> That's another important fact to know. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Ash, what do you have coming up or where can people find you online or... Oh, all right. Uh, well, ne- starting next Tuesday, I'll be hosting a weekly trivia night over at the Coronado Restaurant in downtown Phoenix. Oh, It'll fun. Be fun. Every week at 8 p.m. And we're trying to have guest quiz masters every week to do a, a round, a topic on the, of something they know about. 
So we're kind of have like different subjects each week to keep things fresh. And also this Friday I'll be featuring a Caffeine Corridor in downtown, doing a, a poetry feature. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, fun. Over the nine, the nine Gallery, if you're around 8 o'clock. Oh, and I have a website, ashleynefield.com. It's got my writing and my different drawings and what have you on there. Oh, great. Yeah. For our out-of-town listeners. That's right. <laughs> um, I have a website as well, amazingarizonacomics.com. And uh, there I'll be uh, previewing the next few issues worth of material. All of next year will feature um, Santa Claus in Arizona. So he'll be um, dealing with holiday-themed events or crimes or social issues, what have you. In the January issue, um, he fights the KKK. So I'm looking forward to finishing that. Um, But as far as events, I'll be... Uh, I'll be at in the next few weeks. Phoenix Comic Con's Fan Fest is the first weekend in December. I'll be in mm. Artist's Alley. Oh, awesome. Um, awesome. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And I will be a Caffeine Corridor feature as well. So Ash is in November, and I'll be in December at 9 the Gallery uh, on Grand Avenue in, in Central Phoenix. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, That's very exciting. cool. Yeah, awesome. Rick, what do you have going on? Um, I have uh, my normal two shows. Uh, Apollo 12 improvises on the second Friday of every month. And uh, the Improvised Book Club is the fourth Saturday of every month. And there is some talk that that show may not continue into the new year. Mm. So, so you better check it out quick, have, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Two more... Um, Two more chances this month, November. Um, we are reading the book Mother Night by Kurt Vonnegut. Nice. And next month is our annual kids show where we read from a children's book and do scenes based on that. Um, that one's always a fun show. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Cool. How about, uh, how about you, Jeff? What well, you we're tonight? in an improvised murder mystery show. The remaining, <laughs> sat, we the performance uh, is every weekend on a Saturday, and the time is. The time is eight p.m. It's eight p.m. at the Torch Theater in beautiful downtown Phoenix. So check right. that out. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Cardello, just at J C A R D E L L O, and uh, that's all I got. Yeah, and all of my shows are also at the Torch Theater, um, and I'm also on Twitter at rlarson4, um, Larson with an E, and um, you can also, if you're more of a Facebook person, I've been putting my uh, year, two year older tweets up on my the Facebook page that I made for my Twitter account. <laughs> Talk <laughs> so, about meta. Yeah. So you can follow that as well. Um, but until next time, have a, have a great afternoon, evening, uh, unspecified time period of your choosing, and uh, enjoy the rest of your internet. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.